Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 43. I am Matt O'Leary and I am joined by Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I'm all right. I have a scratch in my throat that's been going on for days. I don't get it. My voice is back, which is nice. But man, the scratch just won't go. I blame my kids. I always blame my kids for any sort of illness I've gotten. No, did anyone cough in your mouth this week? No in-the-mouth coughing, just a lot of like rubbing their noses on me. A lot of just snot transfer onto various parts of like my arms or neck. You're basically just living in this, like, what's the word? You know where they put the, like, the biohazard signs up and it's like all the sick people have to go here? But like you're stuck in there with them too. You know what I'm talking in about? A qu- in a quarantine. Thank you. Yeah, you're, that's, your life is in like this locked quarantine cell and yeah. it's just your two kids just coughing and sneezing on you all day long. Yeah, they are biohazards, especially because they go to a daycare. It's a smaller daycare, so it's not a lot of kids, but still like they're in a room or in a house with a bunch of other biohazards and they take that biohazard back. And my wife, who's a teacher, so she's got 20 other little r- kids running around snot nose and full of bacteria all over the place. And they call, come home with that to me. And I'm just, I'm not prepared, I suppose. I guess my immune system. Oh, you're shot, gonna, man. I, I guess. I, I think I, I just need to like update my vitamin C intake and just like start pounding those back or get a flu shot every two weeks. Every day, daily. Just wake up, <laughs> boom, right in the arm. <laughs> well, there we go. Oh, it feels better today. And if I don't get that one of 200 strands of flu, then I'm screwed. Oh, my life sucks. <laughs> we feel bad for Mitch. <laughs> so as we continue to pile on Mitch, I'm going to put you on the spot. What edition for 43? I picked Michael Anderson because it sounds like my name. Yeah, that's pretty close. Um... I looked it up. I didn't think you'd be prepared, to be honest with you. Because I, <laughs> I had... wasn't. I, 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 that's why I, I'm glad you brought up the kid thing, because I was typing it up as you spoke. Good. I'm glad I bought you some time. This is a very unlucky number for the Islanders. No one wore it past a year. Yeah, no one wore it who was that good, if I'm going through the list. Trent Hunter was... Yeah, okay, okay fair enough. You're right. At Andrew McDonald was okay at one point, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Okay, I think okay. okay is about as generous as it's going to get. Mike Halmo from 2014, I got to be honest. That was four years ago. I don't remember him at all. No. Sorry, Mike. 
He played 20 games for the Islanders in 2013 Well, that's probably why. 20 games four years ago. He had one point over that time. That's probably why I don't remember him. That's 20 games and one point more than I'll ever get. So good job, Mike. (laughs) So there we go. Um, Let's just jump right into it, Mitch. We have some stuff to talk about this week, of course, with the Islanders. Let's start with the link to a goalie. So first things first, last week we talked at length about it. Garth Snow, gone. Now what's Lou Lemerlo going to do? And already, Big Lou is linked to a goalie, and that is Philip Grubauer, Stanley Cup champion Philip Grubauer. What are your thoughts on, one, just Grubauer as a goalie, and then the Islanders being linked to him? Okay, so uh, Grubauer as a goalie. I'm excited about his potential. So through his NHL career, he's a 923 save percentage, 229 goals against average netminder. Now, there's an asterisk beside that because he's never played more than 35 games in an NHL season. And that was last season, or this most recent season, where he had a 235 goals against average and 923 save percentage. So right around his career average. Um, That that kind of skewed a bit because... That whole he's played 100 NHL games, and a third of those games were played this year. So that's definitely going to skew the average, his, his career average. But still, 923, 235, that is serviceable NHL numbers. The only issue is, can that be replicated over a 55 to 60 game season? Or, sorry, yeah, 60 game played season. Yeah, I definitely think that's the risk, right? When you're going. Mm-hmm to acquire a backup who has shown promise because they've never had that workload before. Although one sign of mm, positivity I like where here. you're going with this. I think I know where you're going. Okay. Can I guess? Guess. You're going to bring up Lou Lamarillo bringing in Freddie Anderson in Toronto. I'm not, I wasn't going there, but ah. that is that is smart. Okay. That is a good well, one. You, what are you bringing up? I was going to say... Each of the last three years, the amount of games he's played has increased each year, and his numbers have been good. There was an increase, especially from 2015-2016. He played 22 games that year, had a 918 and 232, which is still very good. Then it went up yeah. to 24, and a 926 and 204, so that was probably his his best performance. And then this past year, still extremely serviceable in 35 games, a 923 and two, uh, 2.35 goals against average. Listen, we say serviceable, but this is above average NHL numbers. I, I don't have them in front of me, but I'm pretty sure, I'm like 90% sure that the NHL average this season in terms of goaltendings for save percentage and goals against average was a 918 save percentage and a 278 goals against average. Right, so this is above average numbers by a fair margin. Based based on, on my recollection of averages. Now, my wife will tell you that my memory is terrible. <laughs> and you're so dyslexic. I, and I'm dyslexic, so like maybe I read, I read those numbers wrong. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure. And if I got that right, oh, man, does that, I'm going to put that right back in her face. I'm going to say, baby, look. Look at this. I remember these two things. They're numbers... And they're, they're, they're obscure, maybe not for me, but for her they are. So, boom. Print it I out. I remember stuff. Print it out, put it on the fridge. Yeah, I'm, I'm in, so Van, for me, and, and how you feel, and, and what the Islanders can send the Capitals' way 
to acquire Philip Grubauer while I look up what the averages are. Okay. I like Philip Grubauer a lot. And I think Washington did too. They liked him enough to actually start him in the playoffs. It seems absolutely crazy that he was the starter for the first couple of games and then they went back to Holpe and Holpe ended up having a fantastic postseason. But I think he can be very good. He's still young. He's 26 years old. So it's not like one of the older guys. Like, I know you're really big on Carter Hutton, but one of the downsides on him was his age, where Grubauer is just entering his prime. So he has the potential to be good for a longer time. As for what they would have to give up, I'm not necessarily sure they would have have to give up a first round pick. I think they could. I think that it might be in their package, like a first round pick and some prospect. But I think you can create a package where the only draft pick you're losing is a second rounder. Yeah. Okay. So those numbers were a 278 goals against average. So right on the money there. And it was off in the save percentage department. It was 912. And these okay. are thanks to Hockey Reference. Um, so that that's fantastic. He's well above that. Well above both of those numbers. Um, so on, on what they can give, I'm just looking up on, on recent history. And the Toronto Maple Leafs, when they went and acquired Freddie Anderson, I think they gave up two picks, <clears throat> right, to land him. Uh, the 30th overall. And this and a second round pick. So they gave Anaheim a first round and a second round pick, a late first round pick, mind you, right. for Freddie Anderson. So do the Islanders have to give up a top twelve pick? No, I don't think so. I think they can give both their second round picks and probably get them. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you would have to even give a prospect. I think you could just do two seconds and he's yours at that. That's point. right. Because remember, the thing is here is that he isn't signed. He's an he's a pending RFA. So the Capitals still hold his rights, and they're going to give him a qualifying offer, which he isn't going to sign because um, he's reiterated that he wants to start. He wants to be a starter. And the Capitals, like we've said before, have Ilya Samsonov in the wing. They have Brayden Holpe, who just won them a Stanley Cup. Um, so there's no reason to keep him on. They don't want to have to pay him, and they're in a cap crunch already. They've got to pay John Carlson if they want to keep him, which I imagine they do. Um, they're going to they're gonna have to not sign him. They're going to have to give him up. And two second-round picks, look what they gave up for Marcus Johansson when he went to New Jersey. Wasn't that a second and a fourth or a second and a third, if I'm not mistaken? It was It was also two picks, but it was, it was later-round picks. Yeah, it wasn't a first-round pick. It was something no. that seemed... Very reasonable for the team that was acquiring him, obviously, not uh, the Capitals. But th- that's what my ideology is here. I don't think it would have to take a first rounder, especially because the Islanders' first round pick is so high at 11, mm-hmm. at 11 and 12. So I don't think that uh, Lou Lamarilla would be forced to deal one of those first rounders. Now, if it was for maybe a little bit a higher quality, a more well-known goalie, you know what he is as a starter in the NHL, then that's a completely different story. But as an unknown and someone you would have to then sign to a new contract, I think the two seconds I think is absolutely fine. A second and a prospect I think could work also, depending on who that prospect is. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So maybe a second in Sebastian Ajo. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. Um I, I, but again, I don't think they need to do that. I really don't. 
I think the Capitals like their team and they're, they're not going to like, is Aho better than Christian juice? Cause they'd be playing the same position. And juice played perfectly fine in the Stanley cup finals. He played fine in the playoffs. He even had an okay regular season. Do they bring in another guy to do that role? Eh, they don't really need that. Why don't we just pick a guy that we can get next year or the year after that? I just looked it up and the Marcus Johansson trade was a second and a third round pick. So for Grubauer, two seconds. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And and like two like high second round picks. Yeah, they right? would like they'd be what, ten and eleven? Some probably. Uh no. Yeah, probably ten eleven. Or ten twelve. They'd be ten twelve, I'm pretty sure. In the second oh, round. Yeah, right, because then Carolina is in between. Moves back moves back. Right. I'm pretty sure. Um but I I think that's enough, and that would be perfect because we don't lose anything. That that's essentially the Travis Hamonic trade, and we keep a first round pick. This is great. We keep the first round pick from trading Travis Hamonic, and we got a starting goalie who's above average goaltending. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, if you think about it, because the Islanders got two seconds and a first for Hamonic, right? That's so then right. You're using the two seconds to get your goalie, and then you have the extra first. You still have the Calgary second in 2019, but you still keep the first, which is more valuable. So who cares what happens to the seconds? Who cares? You still have your first round picks. If you need to use them to go get a defender, you have them. If you just want to draft players, you have them. If you want to move up in the draft because you think Zadine is going to fall that far back, you take it. Yeah, I. for me, I think at that point what I would do, I'm not saying this is what Lou's would do, but I would use one of those first rounders and prospects to try and get a defenseman and then take one player with the 12th pick, I guess, or whichever one you end up trading, probably the, the, uh, you're probably keeping the lower pick or the higher pick, I guess the, the second maybe pick. keep in mind, like Lou is a, is a shrewd guy when it comes to the draft. If we remember correctly, when he drafted, um, Martin Bradar, he drafted back to get him. And I think same thing with Zach Parise. He drafted back, like he traded down to get him. I thought he traded up for Parise. He might, he may have. Maybe I think, he did that. I think he. Tra- I'm pretty sure he traded up for Parise, but he might have traded back on the Brodeur thing. That sounds. That sounds familiar. I'm pretty sure is the case. Uh, I I don't want to do it right now, just because we're kind of conversing, and whenever I do that, you go all robot voicey on my side. Um, that's the beauty of both of us recording our own audio. You don't hear the robot voice. Yo. Yes. Thank you, um, technology. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm down with, with, with the Islanders getting Grubauer. Who knows if they do? But th- to me, that seems like the play to make. It's the, the, the same Freddie Anderson play that the Toronto Maple Leafs did not too long ago. It's the perfect play to make. He's got the age. He's got the stats. Like, what say you? Yay or nay? Yeah, I would do it. I absolutely would, and it makes a lot of sense because not only did he do that with Freddie Anderson, but he he did it with Corey Schneider, too, when he was in New Jersey. right. So there's two examples of this, and both times it's worked out extremely well. So I have have a lot of faith in Lou Lamarillo. It's so weird because every time in the past it was like, uh, they're going to make a decision, but it's going to be the wrong one. With (laughs) Lou Lamarillo, he could do just about anything, and I'd be like, yeah, he gets the benefit of the doubt. Well, you, well, that's the thing. You give them, regardless of how, where the links are coming from or whatever rumors are happening, you're going, well, I'll, I'll wait and see. But before, it, like you just said, if if we, Garth was linked to Grubauer, we'd be going, I don't know. 
He's not really a starter. He's never been. We'd have that seed of doubt already in our head because we didn't trust him. Yeah, this is but Scott Darling faith. 2.0. <laughs> yeah, he played for a really good team that pads his stats. Uh, do we want to do that? But now we're going, well, yeah, that's a benefit of the doubt there. Or there's no benefit. We're giving them the benefit of the doubt saying there's no reason for us to doubt him. Let's go with this. So does that mean that Grubauer is on the top of your list in terms of acquiring a goalie in the in, in this offseason? As far as realistic options, probably. <laughs> yes. Let's keep it realistic. Let's not say like Carey Price. Yeah, as far as realistic options, he's high up there. Yes. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. I, I Same thing. It, it's the most logical answer. It's the easiest answer. It's the cheapest answer. Like, honestly, if we can get him for two second round picks, that's perfect. That's amazing. What kind of contract do you think the Islanders mm. would have to give him? So we're going to get into that a little bit later, but I think a $4.5 million deal over four years, I think that's fair. Okay. I'll save my answer for later if we're going to get into that later. <laughs> okay. All right. Good tease. All right. So as for our next topic, obviously we talked about Grubauer. He plays for the Washington Capitals. They just won the Stanley Cup, their first in franchise history. So what can the Islanders take away from the Capitals' success? That's really what I want to get into. Okay. And I wrote something this past week, something that may come as maybe it's a surprise to some, but not on the Islanders' end, on the Capitals' end. Okay. Elaborate. So, I certainly will elaborate. <laughs> Garth Snow. You're not starting strong. That, that, was the, that was a weak start. What can we learn from the Capitals as they won their Stanley Cup? Garth Snow once said, well, nope. Well, hold on. You got to let me set the scene. Oh, okay. You start hey. negative and bring it back positive. Oh, I see. Garth Snow had this reputation by some as a good drafter. Which didn't make Whoa. sense to me. Yeah, where did that come from? It's, he's not a bad drafter. He got better as he went, but he didn't start. Anyways, sorry. Yeah, he's not a that great drafter. That came from Alan Hahn. But <sighs> I disagree. I don't think he was a good drafter. And let me explain why. If you look at the Capitals lineup from their game five, the most recent game they played, they had... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys in their lineup who were first round picks. Okay. Of the, their own or? Uh, from, yeah, of their own. The guys okay. that they drafted, came through their system, developed. The wow. Islanders had one, two, three, Four, five, uh, five. So yes. Tavares, Pulak, Dehan, Bailey, Barzal. No, Bo six. I messed up here. Hold on, Tavar. It's Tavares, yep. Bailey, yep. Bo, yep. Barzal, Nelson. Yep. Oh yeah, that's right. And Pulak. I did not have Dehan. You can count Dehan, I guess, because yep. he was hurt. Well, he was, but he's a 12 overall in 2009, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So that's seven. Well, that kind of skews it a little bit now for my thing. But (laughs) (laughs) 
because I was going, I was going with eight compared to six. But if you want to use Calvin DeHaan, fine. I Calvin DeHaan you. Although you're right, he missed sixty percent of the NHL season this year. The point but, is, but but even then, the the point you're you're trying to make is that the Capitals are are better at drafting, and that's obvious. You look at that six or that seven, that didn't get him to the playoffs, whereas the Capitals it did. Right. They're, this is what I wanted to get to. Their first round picks from 04, 05, 06, 08, 10, 12, 13, 14 are all impact guys in 2018. Ah, that's an important caveat. Yes. There because we go. It, because in that time, the Islanders picked what? Del Cole? Not yeah, Del Cole. Del Cole? Strong, oh, sorry. In, since 2008? No, since 2004. Oh, God. Jeez. Right, because of Ovi. Right, so then you obviously have to factor in Nino Niederreiter. You have to factor in Griffin Reinhardt. You have to factor in Hosang Del Cole. There's a right. lot of misses there. There's that, that immediate post-Tavares era where the Islanders had four picks out of in five years in the top five, and four, those four players aren't on the roster right now, and only one of them had a marginal impact on the Islanders, and that was Ryan Strom. Right. Right, because like you said, they had Reinhardt, they had Nino, and they had um, God. I just you just said and Del Cole, without including Strom, because Strom mm-hmm. did have an impact, but he's gone. He was able to flip him, but and and that's the thing. Garth made up for those mistakes eventually. Well, two of them, anyways. Right, where he traded Strom for Eberle straight up, that worked out beautifully, and he traded up Reinhardt for what became Barzal and Beauvillier. Perfect. Right. And that was good. And that leads to another point that I have here. A lot of the other impact guys that they had came from trade. TJ Oshie, Lars Eller, Kempney. And the Islanders do have some guys as well that they traded for. Eberly, Clutterbuck, Letty and Boychuk. Mm-hmm. Davidson, even if you want to include him, no, I don't, because we're talking about successful trading, and that I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that that was. The point here is, you don't use free agency as signing unrestricted free agents from other teams as building block guys. They sign mm. depth players like. Devante Smith Pelly. Yeah. Like uh, Orpic. Yeah. So those were the only two guys that they had that were unrestricted free agents that they signed. And they're not realistically making a ton of money. What about Oshi? Wasn't he a free agent pickup? Trade. Oh, okay. Right. Trade. Okay. Fair enough. Where the Islanders tried to do this with. Andrew Ladd, and missed badly. Yep. That's well undusted. My point here is building a team, you have to hit on first-round picks. You have to make wise trades, which the Islanders have done a pretty decent job at making some good trades, but there there was some bad ones mixed in. Recently. I think that's a caveat that we have to make with anything related to Garth Snow is that he was getting better as he went. Like, his trades were getting better. His drafting was getting better. But that's not an excuse to keep him around. I'm not mm. trying to say we should have kept him. I don't think so. I think that that's, a, that's an indictment where it took him 12 years to figure this out. It took him 12 years to figure out how to make a trade. And that was, and even then, it was call it Peter Chiarelli. Yeah. 
right? You look at his successes, Johnny Boychuk, Peter Chiarelli, Jordan Eberle, Peter Chiarelli, Griffin Reinhardt, Peter Chiarelli. Like, the, he's he's there all times in two different teams. Right. right. That just still doesn't count for Nick Lady, but, like, he got lucky there. I'm, I'm going to say he got lucky, but, you know, you make your own luck sometimes. Right. So, I don't think you can sign a big-name guy to a long-term deal from free agency. I'm not talking about Tavares because that's that's different. That's someone that you draft and extend. I'm talking about signing like a Milan Lucic at that at that age when you're reaching UFA at what late 20s. Well, you always reach UFA late 20s, right? You hit it at 27 years old. Right. So we're talking about like 30s and and a player that is is on the decline, right? He's already made a move a few places. He may not be the same player he used to be. Uh, am I going to toss him big money? Sure. And then he's terrible. Well, guess what? Like, you should have seen that coming. Right. That's why I think it's okay to add depth pieces. Like, they had their third-pairing defenseman was a UFA, and their fourth-line right winger was a UFA. Right. So, like, smaller moves like that that aren't going to cost you a ton – is fine, but building your core has to be through drafts and trades. And guess what? When you make trades, a lot of times you're trading away guys you drafted. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You you trade from well, obviously you, you give up what you already have. Um, so I th- I think that's an important lesson to learn. I would hope that the the Islanders already know that. Like that should be fairly obvious at this point. I would hope it didn't seem like the case. Um. Because we again, we we bring it back to that window of the, the immediate post Tavares years, or if you even want to include like that that that's the Islanders rebuild right there from 2009 to 2014 when they drafted Michael Del Cole, that was the rebuild. Those were the years where they were supposed to tank and supposed to be bad, and they were bringing this these quality players, these core players that they were gonna gel together into one cohesive unit and move on from there. But they whiffed on four to five. Right, that's not a good track record. No, not at all. And then Garth tried to like, uh, I'm gonna try to figure it out from here. I got a, a high draft pick. I'll take it now. And then it just it, it was so. In, in French, we say mine. It's just like sticking random pieces together and hope that it works. And that's what he was doing. It was like a patchwork of like glued together pieces that just wasn't working. It, it for some reason, out of sheer dumb luck, it worked for two years. But it just obviously caught up to them they real were, quick. Yeah, they were okay for those two years. The yeah, back-to-back 100-point years, they're, they're pretty good, decent. They got out of the first round once. It's it's okay. It's not fantastic, but it's okay. And then they obviously regressed the last two years. Yeah, I, I think the, the ultimate lesson to learn from what you're saying is that don't take unnecessary risks, which is free agency. That's a risk because, again, you're like you said, you're bringing in a guy in his late 20s. Um, who's free to do what he wants, but you're never going to bring in a quality guy unless you have a a John Tavares out in the open market or a John Carlson even. But you're going to pay those guys handsomely. And the Islanders never had that kind of finance, financial power to throw around what would essentially be like max deals in the the NBA or something. Yes. Those guys aren't available. They're just not around. And when they do, the Islanders are never at the table for that kind of stuff. So the guys they're bringing in are never top of the uh, top of the line players, like an Andrew Ladd. We knew he was he was the cream of the crop when it came to that year. Well, that's that cream still wasn't very good. No, 
And he probably wasn't worth that five and a half million dollars anyway. He definitely wasn't. Absolutely. Like in hindsight, how much is he really worth? Three? Maybe four million? Maybe? Although I I read somewhere, I forget whatever it was recently, that he turned down an offer and Winnipeg offered him six million dollars a year and he ended up turning it down. Wow. Well, that was dumb. Yeah. So he only got five and a half and... I mean, he's ripping the Islanders for it, but but could you imagine if he was making six million and this kind oh, of production? Oh man, oh my god! I guess another five hundred thousand dollars is not big of a deal, but like, oh my god, that would have been nuts, right? Oh, gross. Um, well, speaking of money, though, we'll move on to the third short topic or short-ish topic. We usually they, we call these short topics, but we end up talking a lot about them. That's fine. I think it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Um, how do the Islanders retool in the offseason, considering the fact that they have the most available or the, the highest cap space in the NHL? So they have the most money to play with, theoretically speaking, should they choose to do so, out of all the NHL teams going into the 2018-19 season. And I, I'm just bringing it up now. They have a projected cap space of $28.259 million dollars according to Cap Friendly, which is the lowest in the league. They have the most amount, or sorry, the highest in the league, I should say, lowest. The most um, to work with. <clears throat> the most to work with. That's more than Vegas. That's more than Carolina. That's more than the Rangers. Take that, Rangers. Put in your pipe and smoke that. Um, so what do they do? Right? Like I, uh, I, we, we know they need a goalie, and we know mm-hmm. that they could use defensemen. Well, how do they maximize that financial resource to do both? And how much do they have to work with? Well, you figure you got to give Tavares 11. Okay, I figured more, but all right. Okay, so, so that, he, what did you say, 12? Here are, here are my assumptions. Okay. okay. This 28259000 million that we have now in terms of cap space isn't is based on the current $75 million cap space or cap ceiling now. Okay. We know the cap is going up by 3 to $5 million next year from 78 to $82 million, or $80 million. Or I think it's eight. I think it's even eighty-two. You were right, seventy-eight to eighty-two is the yeah, range. Yeah, so that's the range. Um, I projected it goes up three, just to keep it at the lowest possible increase. So that would give the Islanders thirty-one point two five nine million dollars of space to work with, assuming they spend to the cap, which is what the owners have said they kind of want to do, and what and it's what they've kind of done over the last two years since they've taken over. Right. So reason to believe they're going to spend let's say at least $30 million of that, if not more. Okay. So what do they do? Um, I said in terms of forwards, they keep everyone that they, they, they've got. They even keep Brock Nelson. Uh, um, yep. Sorry for that. Uh, but they keep JT at $11.5 million for eight years. I think that's fair to give. Okay. Um, after the forwards have been given off their monies, um, there's they take up four. They take they take up fourteen point two six seven million dollars after Tavares is signed, which is eleven point five. I give Brock some money. Um, there's another RFA on on the list. I give off four four sorry five point four six five for RFAs, and I add another <laughs> sorry twenty seven thousand because I switch out Bellows and sorry I switch out Prince and Wagner for Bellows and Fritz, who cost twenty seven thousand more than the two going out. Okay. So that leaves us with, 
um, $14.267 million for defense and goaltending. After the defense, I say Calvin Hahn stays. We pay up Pollock and we pay up on Tays. That leaves us with $4.767 million, sorry, $4.767 million for a goalie, which I think is doable based on how much I was going to give to Philip Grubauer, which is 4.5. I don't even think you need to go that high for, for Philip Grubauer. Really? No. Okay, what do you give him? You teased it earlier. What are you giving him? Three and a half to four. Okay. What was he making last year? Or what was his... Because we're talking not what his take-in is. We're taking. We're obviously talking in, in, in AAVs. So what his average salary is going to be. And I think last year... Oh, man, he was only making 1.5. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> Wasn't a lot. So that's why I think... <laughs> oh. You give him a $2 million raise to three and a half. Um, what is Frederick Anderson making? I, I, I say that not facetiously, but um, anyway, I know I, I don't know either, but I'm going to bring it up. And I spelled his last name wrong. Uh, let me just Apparently bring it up Toronto. Too. See, I can't type. Uh, well, I can, but I couldn't type his last name because it's not spelled. I spelled it like my last name. I did too. But it's, it's not <laughs> spelled like that. We did that at the same exact time. Yeah, it's Anderson, E-N. Um, he's making five. So I, I only look at him because Lou was there when they, they brought him in. Uh, what was he making before? He was, again, making, maybe not again, but he was making 1.15 before he went to Toronto. Okay. So five, look, look, if we cut our difference, let's just say four. You went 3.5, okay. I went 4.5. Let's get it in the middle of four. The Islanders still have $700,000 left. That's a ton of space. I mean, a ton of space. $700,000, that's nothing. You can't get another player for that. No, you can't. Well, you can get another Chris Wagner. Not that you need him, but... Great. Um, so your answer on defense is re-sign Dahan, and that's it, really, essentially. Well, yeah, I didn't want to get into trades because then we're moving all kinds of pieces everywhere, and then I have to retool what I'm giving out. Um, <coughs> I just kept it to... Looking at free agents and who they can, they can bring in in terms of a free agent, and I thought the best one out there is is uh, is John Carlson. I don't think they're getting him. I think he stays in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if anything, he's going to Toronto. So who's next? I I, I like Calvin Hahn. He already fits in the system. He gives the Islanders exactly what they need, exactly what they're looking for. Um, you can't necessarily say he was a bad defender. He wasn't there for 60% of the year. And what are the odds he gets another shoulder injury? I know it's happened twice already, but in terms of like, even just pure statistics, or, or um, yes, yeah, statistics. Statistically speaking, there's no way he gets another injury like that within another year. Are you giving him a long-term deal or just a one-year deal? I give him the one-year deal. At what number? Uh, so I did an article on him yesterday, and I said $3.6 million for one year. I think in this piece I gave him more, but since then new information has come out, so I, I, I've changed that to one year at 3.6. Okay. I think so that's a, fair. It's a small raise on what he was earning last year. It gives him another chance to prove himself to make that, that big money jump, uh, and I think he does it. Okay. And then so that makes a top six of you got uh, Letty, Boychuk, Pulak, Dahan, and your top four. And then my bottom two is split up between Mayfield, Pellick, and Taves. 
So they fight it out. So you have seven defensemen okay. to fight out um, for six spots. I feel like there's not a lot of change from last year. Oh, no, not at all. But I don't know if it's a change issue. I think it might be a defensive structure issue. Like we talked about this. These these guys are, are the same defenders that were there the year before that were pretty good. They weren't great, but they were much better. They weren't this bad. So what changed? Probably defensive structure. Look, we know that Doug Waits changed the, the, the defensive structure at the start of the season. We all read that Arthur, Arthur Staple article at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So, like, to me, it seems like Lou's going to bring in maybe probably the same group of guys and just get them to work better. Just get a more defensively-minded coach to do things a little bit better on the defensive line and still pump out maybe not as many goals, but close to it, but not bleed as many. Okay. I I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like I want to add a goalie and a defenseman. Okay, fair enough. Well, then who? Who do you add? For okay, the I'm putting, I'm, yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. We already know who the goalie is. We spent the first like 10, 15 minutes of the show talking about it. Who do you bring in as a defender? Or who? maybe not who you bring in, but who are you looking at? I have some dark horses <coughs> that, I can, that we can get into if you yep, want quickly. I'm interested. Okay. So a lot of times when we concoct trades for the Islanders, we think about it through the Islanders' perspective, which makes sense. We are an Islanders' website. We're Islanders' fans as well. But what about from the other team's perspective? Okay. So what I did was I thought of who are teams that need first-round picks that don't have any. Ah, I see what you did there. All right. Okay. The Vegas Golden Knights don't have a first-round pick. Right, because they gave it up to Detroit for Thomas Tatar. Okay. They have... Two picks, actually, in the first four rounds. Yeah. And I, the guy that I would trade for is Colin Miller. Okay. Yeah. From Vegas. Shut, a shutdown D. Sure. Fine. Okay. Puts mm-hmm. up a few points, but yeah. Next defense, next team that needs a first-round pick is Nashville. Right, because they gave it to Ottawa in that uh, ridiculous, oh my God, Kyle Turris trade. I saw his face and I couldn't think of his name for a second. They have no picks in the first two rounds and five total in the entire draft. So they are going to want more picks. Yeah, probably, but that means you're looking at their D and I don't know if they're willing to break up that top four they've got. They're going to have to. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so save Matt O'Leary. They're going to have to. Boom. Okay, uh, who are they giving up? Ryan Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm just coughing. What? Sorry, what did you say? Uh, Ryan Ellis. Yeah, that's not happening. I don't I don't think that's happening, man. How many first-round picks are you giving up? Both. Okay. All right, fair enough. Okay, both for Ryan Ellis. Okay, I take back that laughter. I like that. I like that a lot. My third team was the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, they gave it up for Statsny. Okay. They don't have a first-round pick. Former Islanders draft pick Kevin Shevaldeoff loves his draft picks. I want Jacob Truba. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get Jacob Truba. 
I really don't. He wanted out a couple of years ago. They have Myers who can slot up in that second pairing spot. Makes sense. I know, but I think he's even said he wants to stay. So I've, I've washed my hand of that situation a while ago. That's what Travis Hamannick said. And then look what that got him. Yeah, well, he didn't want to get traded either from what I understand. A first-class ticket to Calgary. <laughs> Yay, Calgary. The Texas of the North. Is that true? Have you been to Calgary? Yeah, I've been to Calgary. I don't know. I haven't been everywhere in the United States. You said that so casually. Like, I, I'm supposed to know that you've been to everywhere Listen, in Canada. There's not a lot of places where there are people in Canada. So you usually go to those places where the people are at. We have 35 to 38 million people in our entire country. So not a lot of pl- places where people are at. Okay. So I'll, I also have family in Edmonton, so. There you go. That it gives makes, you a reason to go. It makes sense to go out west. Yeah. So I know you probably didn't like those trades, but those were teams that need picks. So I tried to do it a little differently. Instead of you making fun of me for wanting to trade for Justin Falk, <laughs> I decided, I like Justin Falk. I think that's a good idea. It is a good idea. But then I decided who are dark horse teams that would want to trade into the first round. And those are the teams that I could think of. Yeah, I like it. I like those trades. Um, but I, I'm not going to say I like all the trades, but I like those trade targets at the very least. I think they immediately make this team better no matter what happens. Right. So, so we'll have to see. Yeah. Uh, oh, I got rid of the running order cause I'm an idiot and that's fine. Let's move on to our long topic where we talk about coaches. Okay. Cause the Islanders needs a coach. Um, there's been a little bit of development with our running order since we wrote it up. Uh, we wrote Trot's link was the first thing we wrote there. And I think that link is not necessarily officially dead, but it's close to being dead. It's, it, it, it's flatline, and we're not sure if we need to use the paddles or not. We tried CPR. I think we have to try the the paddle. Yeah. Shock him back. We need Lou to like, uh, knock down the door and be like, so here's a bunch of money. How about $8 million? Does that sound good? Eight million dollars? That's insane. Apparently he's asking for five from uh from Washington. So maybe six. Maybe six. Eight may have been much because I may I was appealing to the egotist in him and said like we'll pay you as much as Mike Babcock. Is that how much Babcock makes? Eight? Yeah, it's eight. I think it's eight. It may even be a little bit more than that. That's nuts. Yeah. He's what making do you think a- weight what did weight make last year? Oh, nothing near that. A million? Yeah, well, even then, Trotz, I think, from what I read, was making 1 to 1.5 with Washington last year. Jeez. So he going to get paid this year. So and He and deserves it. Yeah, well, he won a Stanley Cup. Um, I, th- I think he stays. I really do. Um, I think even if Lou comes at him with, like, let's say $6 million, I think he th- he doesn't take it because he goes... I know I'm not necessarily stable here either, but your entire franchise has been stable for a long time. Oh, yeah, completely I'll, I'll, I'll take my licks here, and if I don't make it here, then I know what happened, whereas anything can happen over there, and I just don't want to stay away from that. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere at this point. I thought it was a stretch to begin with, but I think all signs are pointing to him returning at this point. Yeah. So then it begs the question of who's left? 
and there's a lot of names. I I broke it down into three different categories that we could talk about. All right. I have no NHL experience, NHL experience, and Lou Lamorello experience. So guys who have <laughs> either played or coached under Lou Lamorello. I guess there's going to be some overlapping. That's more like a Venn diagram. Um, I guess yeah, potentially maybe. Yeah, right. at, at some point there will be. Okay, so where do you sit on where the Islanders should go in, in not just names, but in those three categories? What kind of coach are you looking for? No experience, NHL experience, or just Lou Lamarillo experience? I think ideally NHL experience. Just because you get someone who's been there before, they know what they're doing. The Islanders, as a franchise, have really shied away from hiring guys with NHL experience, actually. They usually go the AHL route, Mm -hmm. so it wouldn't be shocking if they did it again. But I think they need a culture change, so someone who has had success in the league would make a big difference, at least to the eye, in getting players to come here or to re-sign here, and just to overall add legitimacy to the team. I'm going down the same path, but when I look at the names of of coaches available, there's none that kind of strike me going like, yeah, that's the guy I want. Um, So let's go through the list. Okay, At least the names that I have. So I'm going to go through NHL experience first because that's kind of where we're leaning towards without considering names when we said that. Now we're looking at names and we got Alain Vigneault, former New York Rangers head coach, notoriously not youth-friendly, so not good in a youth-heavy team like the Islanders, who have, what, Bo Beauvillier, sorry, Bo Beauvillier, Barzal, Beauvillier, Pulak, Pelic. Taves next year, Bellows, potentially even Hosang, all very young players. Like, that's a lot. Yeah, that kind of scares me away from AV a little bit, just because I feel like that's part of the reason why the Rangers parted ways with them. That's right. Uh, You got Michel Terrier, same situation, different face, same tactics, Um, just way more French. Just way Uh, more French. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you got Mark Crawford, who's an associate coach in Ottawa. Um, he used to be an NHL head coach. Uh, hasn't really gone well in Ottawa, but you can't necessarily say it's his fault. No. Uh, that owner is a gong show. Um, but there's all kinds of stuff going on in Ottawa. It's insane. Yeah, they have their own problems at this yeah. point. Yeah. Then you got um, Brad Gulletson, who used to coach in Calgary just last year. You got Lindy Ruff, who's an assistant coach in New York. Uh, former Buffalo Sabres head coach, former Jack Adams winner, uh, and then you have Dave Tippett. Like, none of those... Dave Tippett was a former Arizona Coyotes coach. And anyone who's been in Arizona doesn't have the... Uh, the, the, the uh, doesn't have success anywhere near his name. So, like, there, there's none of those names that are any any bit appealing to me. There was someone you left off that I included in my list. Ooh. Yeah, I wouldn't say that mine is an all-encompassing list. No, so this was just one name that came to mind that you didn't mention, and that was Dan Bilsma. Yeah, well, that didn't go so well in Buffalo either. You're right. But I don't have him, but you're right. He was. He is currently available. And I'm still not jazzed about him either. He won a Stanley Cup at least. 
Yeah, but his most recent experience was not very good. But neither were the Sabres. Like, they didn't have a good team. I suppose. I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. He can win a cup with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, but you could probably put Doug Waite in that situation they did win. At least uh, one I'm cup. I'm not so sure. Tavares and Barzal, I mean, they're no Malkin and Crosby, but they're pretty good ones who punch down the middle. Yeah, but that's exactly what we're debating, is if you had Malkin and Crosby, and you're saying they don't have Malkin and Crosby. So If the yeah. Islanders swapped out this past year, Malkin and Crosby for Barzal and Tavares, Islanders are probably in the same exact situation. Oof. And the Penguins are probably a playoff team, just like they were. I don't think either team changes at all. I don't know. I think the Islanders are at least a playoff team. I, I, you're right with the Penguins, but I think the Islanders are at least a playoff team. Like a bubble playoff team, but I, they're, they're there. I don't think they they put up pretty similar points. Did they? Didn't Malcolm Crosby have like 90s? Which I, I you're right. Like we're sparsing hairs here in terms of, of production. Um, but I think their effect on everyone. Barzal had a, uh, maybe not. Maybe I'm talking myself into a corner here. Because the more I speak, the more I'm like, yeah, he's probably right. Malkin had 98, Crosby had 89, and we know Barzal had 85 and Tavares had 84. Yeah, so that's a, what, like 16-point gap or something? I'm just trying to do the math real quick in my head, and I don't think I got it. 80, so is it 16? I don't know. 85 to 98 is 13-point difference, and then 84 to 80. Nine is a five-point difference. So that's 19. No, 18. 18-point 18 difference. Okay, so I don't think... I was close. It's close. I was off by two. But you're right. I, I, I'm i leaning more towards your side now that you've presented evidence to con- to, to contradict my, yeah. like, shoot-from-the-hip opinion. <laughs> um. Okay, so we've got our, our, our NHL experience coaches that we're not too uh, jazzed about. And on a, on a sexy meter, they're uh, no, a, a right. tepid four. Uh, but then we have former uh, sorry, former Devils or Lou Lamarillo experience. We have Scott Stevens, which I know everyone's jazzed about because he's a defensive-minded coach because, well, he was a defenseman. Right. Um, you, you have John Madden. And then you have former okay. Islanders head uh, captain and Jersey head coach at one point, Brent Sutter. Mm. That's a Lou Link. Doesn't he have two cups to his name? That's okay. That's a little more exciting. You're getting me. You're getting me a little riled up. So like this is where your Venn diagram, where there's that overlap, yeah. right? Where he's an NHL coach. He's got the rings, but he's also got the Lou experience. Now, does he want to get back into bed with Lou? I'm not so sure. Maybe. Maybe. Hopefully. I'd like to see Brent Sutter. And, and, and in terms of possession and in terms of defensive play, look at the Kings when they won the Cup. They weren't a scoring team. They didn't have a scoring team. The Islanders do. So he doesn't have to worry about that necessarily. He just got to come in and make sure they don't bleed goals, which is his specialty. That's what the guy does. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm as most jazzed about that so far. I I would tend to agree with you at that point. And then we got guys who don't have any NHL experience in Sheldon Keefe, DJ Smith, and Todd Reardon. Keefe and Smith are both with the Marlies, and Reardon, 
I'm sorry, I forgot where he's from. It's another AHL coach. I forgot what team he's coaching. I'm gonna have to look it up now. Was you vamp? So out of those, uh, so out of all the names that we've gotten so far, which ones got you the most excited? I like Sheldon Keith. Out of all, out of every single one of them, every single one of them. Maybe. Maybe what? Well, who would yours be? Mine. I like Brent Sutter. Okay, why? He's got the Lou experience. He's got exactly what we need in terms of head coach. He's got NHL experience, and he's got rings on them fingers. You're thinking of Daryl Sutter. Am I? God, they yeah. have too many brothers. Yeah, because that you confused me. That's why I got quiet for a second. Brent Sutter did coach with with the Devils, Devils for two years. They had 9,906 points, and then he coached Calgary, and it was... 90, 94, 90 points. So you so tell me they had Brent Sutter, and then they had Daryl Sutter in Calgary? Uh, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Daryl Sutter was in Calgary from 02 to 06, and Brent was there from 09 to 12. God, Jesus. There's so many Sutters. So Can they just mean- stop producing... Which Sutter are we linked to, Daryl or Brent? Brent, the one who used to play for the Islanders, Brent Sutter. Okay. Um, I still don't think that's a bad option. No, he doesn't have the rings, so that kind of like dampens it a bit. But he's got the Lou experience. He's got the NHL experience. So yeah, I'm not I'm not as jazzed about him anymore. That's a career 584 win percentage or points percentage. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean he's pretty decent. Uh, like I said, in his season's coaching, 99-106-90-94-90. And with Keefe, he doesn't have any experience, but he seems like the next guy who's going to make that jump from the AHL to the NHL. Yeah, that's true. Um, and that makes what sense. happened? Did the Marlies win the Calder Cup? Do we know? I, I don't know if they, they've won it just yet. You don't know, Mitch? Come on. No. How do you not know um, what happened to, in the P.S. Club? I've been looking up Todd Reardon, Todd Reardon right now, and, and, and guess who drafted him? I'm going to guess Lou Lamarillo. The New Jersey Devils drafted him 242nd overall in 1990. Okay. So, and what's his coaching record look like? Um, He was an assistant coach for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He... uh was also an AHL coach for the Houston Arrows, uh, and he was hired by the Washington Capitals and as an assistant coach. So he's an assistant coach. Yeah, so he's got that, just like Stevens, kind of the same thing. So that's the Venn diagram overlap with the devil, the Lou experience, and the no NHL experience. So, so are you uh, still most excited for Brent Sutter? No. I, I like Keith because of what he brings in terms of working with youth. Yeah, I don't like Keith what because he doesn't bring any sort of cachet. He doesn't bring anything in terms of I I can I can prove to you that I'm a winner. No, I, there's really no perfect candidate here. No, there isn't. Barry Trotz was the one. Barry Trotz was the one. But I'm gonna go back to what I said earlier. Lou gets the benefit of the doubt. Whoever he chooses, okay, let's rock and roll, babe. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, a, a, new coaches in the NHL have to start somewhere. 
right? Like they have to craft their 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 trade somehow. They can't just like, oh, I, I all of a sudden have this random thousand NHL games with with a winning percentage. Like that's just that's not how it works. No, um, you gotta how, get your start eventually. That so. like it just can't actually physically work. Um, so yeah, I, I think he gives Keith a start, and I think that excites a lot of the fan base because he is such an exciting talent. Because of what he's done, what he's been able to do with with the talent that he's been given, um, so I, I think I think that's a that's a shrewd hire. I really do. Yeah, and especially because he's worked with younger guys for a while, I would like someone to give the youth the benefit of the, the doubt for a change. I think that would be pretty sick. How does bringing Sheldon Keefe in change or modify your view on Joshua saying staying or going? Oh, it bumps it up higher percentage wise of him staying. Yeah. Same thing. Like I, I immediately give myself or not get, I immediately give the idea of him staying more credence because you're bringing in a coach that could, that isn't going to be that you got to be a fourth line grinder before you can be a first line scorer type mentality. Like he's going right. to be a, let's exploit the talents that you have and try to minimize the things that you do that you don't do well. He'll be able to play his game. That's yeah. the easiest way to put it. And that's that's exactly what we need. We need him to play his game because his game is so exciting. Oh, I want him on the team next year. I just don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to hold I'm going to be the optimist in this. I've said it every okay. week we talked about him. Mitch, he's going to be on the 2018-19 roster. Yes. I'm excited. There you go. As you should be. <laughs> So I think we learned from this longer topic that there's really no perfect candidate besides Barry Trotz, but it doesn't look like he's going to be available. So it is a risk here. But again, really, this whole episode has been about giving Lou the benefit of the doubt. So I guess whoever he decides on, we, we're we going to have to think that he's the right guy. Well, regardless if it was Lou, we're going to have to think he's the right guy anyway. So if Garth Snow is making a point, we'd have to be like, well, I guess he's going to be the right guy. Hopefully so. Um, I, I think what you're trying to get at is that we assume it's going to be, it is the right guy. Whereas with with Garth, we don't assume that. Exactly. Because I guess with, with Garth, we just have to put up more billboards and then we would finally get what we need. <laughs> there we go. All the answer to everything. Billboards. billboards. <laughs> uh, yes. Honestly, if this goes to hell, you better believe that more billboards are going up. And, and I, I don't say that with any sort of condescension. I I think that's perfect. Exercise the right that we have. That's amazing. We should it do that. the first time. Yeah. Let's do it again. It worked. So props to those guys for doing it. It worked. Pat yourselves on the back. I, I think we said that last week. We'd still do it. And finally, do you want to move on to the social segment? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't find anything in the social. There's a lot of just still pro Lou stuff, and I think I was kind of done tooting Lou's horn. Although, like, we spent the entire episode doing that, so I guess I should have just done that. Uh, I have some stuff that I want to talk about. It's not necessarily Islanders centric. Oh, just hockey centric. Oh, I have one. I have one. Oh, we'll end the show on that. Oh, yes. Okay. The videos of Alex Ovechkin celebrating <laughs> the cup for this past week has been everything I wanted it to be and so much more. 
I I don't think I have a favorite. There's just too many to live. Every single one is great. The one when he's out at the club with the DJ just holding the cup up in the air, fantastic. The one where he's at the Nationals game just like holding up the cup for like innings on end, fantastic. In the pool, not at the, it wasn't even a pool. It was a fountain doing the breaststroke and swimming. <laughs> fantastic. Keg stand out of the cup. Fantastic. The dance video has you follow, follow the account OV Dances 2 on Twitter because that is fan- <laughs> amazing stuff. I can't get enough of the cup celebration. And I'm kind of wondering, oh, man, this is going to be so bad. I think you're going to yell at me for saying this because I'm going to be touching the money and... I'm going to potentially curse the Islanders for saying this, but oh, if the, no, I'll say if the there. Islanders if the Islanders did win a cup, who do you think would be craziest? Oh, who would be the craziest if the Islanders win a cup? I don't know, Johnny Boychuk, maybe. No, he's such a dad. That's a terrible answer. <laughs> I have a dark horse answer for this. <laughs> he's like 35. That's such a bad answer. Yeah, he's Johnny Boychuk's going to go on a bender, Mitch. Come on. Get real. Well, maybe. Grip. He seems like the chirpy, funny guy on the team. No. Well, it's not going to be Josh Bailey. No. Ready? It's going to be. Once I say it, you're going to be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay, go for it. Anthony Beauvillier. No. Why would he? Why no? He's so mild-mannered. Did you see the Jacob Vrana videos from this week? No, I have not. Oh my god! You got to look at his the Instagram story from him. There is one picture online. He got a tattoo on his wrist commemorating the cup, and he was so wasted that in the picture he's pulling up his sleeve to show off his tattoo that's not there because it's actually on his wrist. <laughs> and I just picture like <laughs> Anthony Beauvillier being the young wild. Guy. Nah, he's so shy and timid and mild mannered. He'd probably be so respectful, like, "Oh, I'm sorry, everyone, for the uh, je m'excuse tout le monde pour le volume qui est trop élevé. Sorry, everyone, for the loud volume." Him and Barzal would paint the town red. I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Barzal, sure, fine, I see that. I don't see it with Bo. Yeah, I don't. I I was tough for that. Like you know, JT is not going to be that guy. No, this is, this is a cup lift kiss pet child. Like that's that's how it goes. I saw a tweet. I think it was from Culture of Losing at Culture of Losing. Dan Saracini from Lighthouse yeah, Hockey. Exactly. He said that the Islanders parade is going to end at Roosevelt <laughs> Field. And there's going to be 5,000 people in the parking lot just complaining about traffic as John Tavares <laughs> just thanks everyone. Yeah, that sounds about right. It does. Do you know Roosevelt Field? Uh, no, but I, I I looked it up and I got the joke. Oh, you did? Okay. So I was I didn't know if I'd have to explain it to you, but yes, that is it, it was funny. So good on him yeah. for that. Maybe explain it to the rest of them, but yeah, I, I kind of got it after I looked it up. Yeah, so Roosevelt Field obviously is uh, a big mall here on Long <laughs> Island. So basically, you just have about five thousand people in the parking lot at the mall as the cup goes by. That makes a lot of sense. That's about it. <laughs> um, and then the last thing that I had for the social segment was just wrapping up the twenty seventeen eighteen season in general because obviously that was the last game. So your thoughts overall on the season, not just the Islanders, but just the season oh. in general. 
a thumbs up, double thumbs up. Like it, there, there's a there's a secret thumbs down. If I had a third hand for the Islanders back there, but we got an expansion team that won with an exciting Cup final. That's all I could ask for. And we have like, more goals. There's more goals in the NHL, and I'm loving it. Yes, scoring up, storylines in the playoffs, good. Yep. Entertaining playoff rounds, good. Islanders bad, <laughs> very bad. Uh, What's your but, social? But even then, the bad left to, went to good. So yes, very you know. true. Uh, my social is so this is coming out on Thursday, Thursday morning, and on Thursday, as most of the world knows, is the opening day of the FIFA World Cup 2018 in oh, Russia. God, sorry, what was that? That was that. Was that you hating something that the rest of the world loves? Okay. Join the world, Matt. Jeez. Um, so what I wanted to ask you uh, was who is who do you think is going to win the World Cup? You're gonna go. I'm, I'm sure you'll go with a safe answer if you even know. Um, so well, I ask you, who will win the World Cup in 2018, Matthew O'Leary? Um, the world is I would waiting. Think that. France, Brazil, and Germany are probably the favorites. They're uh, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. I'm gonna go France. Ooh, the French. Okay, fair enough. That's a good team. They've been really good in qualifying. They've been good in their their prelims before the tournament. That's a good team. The only issue is that the French are notoriously are notorious for infighting, and uh, they botched the 2014 World Cup because they couldn't agree with their coach and had him sent home essentially and there's a whole investigation by like the whole of france i know that the united states aren't in it but no is canada in it no god no canada's not in it is ireland in it no ireland is not sorry my redheaded friend okay so i have no rooting interest at all <laughs> no I my girlfriend and her her well, her parents were born in ireland so they are actually huge soccer fans they like Manchester United and oh Ireland, god, she's Manchester United. What the uh, heck is? Wrong I was with you? wearing a Manchester United shirt. Earlier, I saw actually. that. I saw that on your show with Mike, and I was I, I vomited at least once. Okay, so I I didn't wear it for our showing, but I probably should have because we were talking soccer. Yes. Um, I don't have a rooting interest at all. So I and it's soccer anyway. So it's not like <laughs> I have a rooting interest anyway. So I'm gonna go with France because why not? Sure. There you go. Okay. Fair enough. That's all I wanted to get out of you. Okay, so who's your pick? I'm going Dark Horse. I went Dark Horse, and I went Belgium. Okay. I put money on Belgium. They have a great squad. They made it far uh, last time around. Um, so, sorry, when I said France imploded in 2014, I meant 2010 when they did so in uh, in South Africa. 2014 was in Brazil, and they did not implode there. They weren't good, but they didn't implode. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm going Belgium. I have money on it. I can make a ton of money, and that's what I'm going with. Because I'm I I I don't believe that Brazil can go all the way. Although their team is stacked. Oh man. Yeah, those Brazilians, man. They they'll get, get you team. every time. Who's on that team? Do I know anybody on that team? Neymar. Oh, that's I know probably, who that is. That's probably all you'll know. That's probably it. He's not good at baseball. He went to. Oh, he's god awful at anything but but football or soccer. Sorry. He went to um, a Mets game, and they had him take batting practice. The swings he was taking was not good. <laughs> no. Not good. It was bad. All kinds of bad. 
So that's what I wanted to end the show on as a World Cup because it starts today if you're listening to this on Thursday, which is when it's coming out. Day one of 2018 World Cup, and I am hyped, 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 hyped. You, no, Canada's not in it. Does They're Canada not- have a soccer team? Yeah, yes, Canada has a soccer team. I don't know, Mitch. I, if you ask me, does Canada have a hockey team? I say, yeah, they have a hockey team. Soccer? I don't know. What do you think we do over here? I don't know. I've never been to Canada. I've never left the United States. I barely leave Long Island. I barely leave my house. What is wrong with you? Get out and see the world, man. Do something. Go and do something. Leave the continental U.S. even. I've The farthest I've been was Texas. Like, we got to... Honestly, Matt, like, come on. I've been on a plane three times in my life. I'm taking a plane for a fourth time in July. We're going to Pittsburgh. It's an hour-long flight for me. Jesus. Uh, So that's a big step. Murphy. Pittsburgh. What are you going to go see, Steel? Um, I'm going to see the Mets and the Pirates, my lousy Mets. and uh, The equally lousy the Pirates? Yeah, and we'll explore the city. That sounds fantastic. A trip to Pittsburgh. Yay. Just what I always wanted. God, Jesus, Murphy. Get out and explore. Yeah. Uh, all right, th- I'm going to put that on my to-do list for <laughs> summer 2018. 19, the year of exploring. All right. Well, let's plug some stuff before we get out of here. Yes. First, if you're listening to the show on iTunes, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps us a lot with our searchability, so we appreciate that. Also, be sure to follow along with us on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. Also, give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. And always go to that website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. Mitch, episode 43 in the books. How do you feel? Good. I can't wait for number 44, where we could talk about more World Cup. Can't wait. Talking Islanders and talking soccer here on the Eyes on Isles podcast. Amazing. You've been listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast. We'll talk to you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.